Aisha Elliott, host of the Black Girl from Eugene podcast, to catch up on what it means really to be involved in the social justice and racial justice spheres in the Northwest and how everything can be a little bit more than meets the eye, really, when it comes to policymaking and uh, even the political atmosphere of the of the area in general. It's a really, really enlightening conversation for me. I think that you guys will find the same find it to be the same way. And here we go. Looking forward to talking with Aisha. Welcome back to another episode of New Roads, everybody. This week we got Aisha Elliott from the Black Girl from Eugene podcast. Aisha, welcome on. Thank you for having me. And thanks for joining us on um, on New Roads. We're so we're currently down in um, Big Bear, California, um, but you know, just based off of based off of the trajectory we we're supposed to be taking as far as the trip goes, we're going to be coming through Eugene. Um, up through Portland, take the 84 back before taking the 84 back east. Um, so we kind of wanted to do like, you know, in looking ahead, we we're trying to really hard to kind of, um, you know, highlight the different communities and, and various voices from each community we we're going to pass through. Um, like, for example, a couple of days ago, we interviewed uh, Patty Rose from the Spent the Rent podcast in Eugene. Um, are you familiar with that by chance? No, I'm not. Yeah. So he's, uh, it was, it was an interesting conversation. The guy was, uh, um, you know, born and raised Oregon, like, I guess, first generation born and raised Oregonian, like his parents were from California. So like he had kind of an interesting, uh, interesting take on things, lived like right on the U of O campus, worked there and that sort of thing. But um, so what we're trying to do with the pod, I guess, is, is, uh, you know, get the really diverse, like, like I said, in the email, basically get like really diverse um, opinions, uh, opinions, viewpoints on how everything's going kind of across the nation in a, a really bizarre time, you know? Um, so I guess just to start out, like, what's, uh, just for the people, what's your background? Like, how long you've been doing the Black Girl from Eugene podcast? What's kind of, like, everything else as far as your professional life is concerned? Oh, nice. Okay, so uh, Black Girl from Eugene, the podcast, I think I've been doing it almost two years now, um, but it was first personally for myself, and Mm -hmm. I was not really um, promoting I guess and it was like me kind of self-reflecting in the earlier times and listening like way back it was just like me kind of talking about things and then um I started talking to my niece on it and then my brothers and then we just kind of went bigger from there uh and then it just started getting popular and then we started putting on Facebook and it just blew up right, right. um but yeah but before this I actually worked for the state of Oregon um doing family coaching and management and um i before that was in the medical field kind of uh you know doing not kind of doing but doing nursing and again social work in a different avenue um i also do anti-racism conversations so i facilitate meetings i do uh consulting for small businesses trying to help them um have just a more equitable and inclusive policy around uh, race uh, for their businesses and personal people. I also have a nonprofit that I created <laughs> uh, <laughs> called Black Gold Culture Camp, which is uh, a, a camp and workshops that focus on middle school kids and, ha- and focus on the positive attributes of African-American history. 
So we don't really talk about, we don't talk about slavery. We actually don't talk about civil rights either. We talk about like the Harlem Renaissance and jazz and the Tuskegee Airmen, you know, parts of uh, history, American history that just is kind of left out. So right. we, uh, yeah, we focus on that. Um, so I've been kind of in this anti-racism and people, social work and just teaching on different levels for over 20 years now. Um, yeah, and I'm a mother of three, grandma of three. I do my thing, I'm a dancer, you know? <laughs> so, you know yeah, <laughs> I, whenever awesome. I say this, I'm like, damn, how do I do all this shit? I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know if I can test, but I'm like, it's I, all it good. sounds like we I can... do a whole bunch, but it really just kind of all comes together, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, that's kind of what, one of the reasons why I reached out to you is just because there's there's so much like you know there's there's so much content you know there's so much to kind of like there's so many different pieces to kind of to kind of parse out um and you know, and you know obviously most um you know most notoriously not notorious isn't the right word but most um obviously I mean like you um your podcast kind of focuses on being this almost kind of um I guess in a way like double minority in the way in the way that um just like Eugene is basically right um being about being a black woman in a place that's like that I mean I personally come from Boise Idaho so like I've got kind of a got kind of a similar um demographic skew I guess is that as as Eugene kind of comes from um so kind of you know give us um give us and for the people that um, might be listening kind of give a syllabus of like how racially skewed the region is and what people don't quite realize about it because i think that you know for the most part especially for people on the east coast where a lot of our listenership comes from you know the west is just kind of considered this like you know like sanctuary of liberalism and like unproblematic and it's just unproblematic and kind of left at that <laughs> ha, that's really funny because um it is definitely <laughs> no it's funny because that's true if you are like you know white um mm -hmm. and uh and privileged then this is like this is exactly what the pacific northwest was kind of preserved for um was like a white utopia and i say that very very um not nuanced at all that's exactly what this was for matter of fact uh the history of oregon is really really quite uh racist all the way up into like now but like but, but seriously <laughs> like to the 1980s there was there was actually literature about um sundown laws at, for right. black people and uh this was a really strong um stronghold for the kkk we're mm -hmm. actually the one of the last uh states if, if not the last state to um actually yeah, we may have been the I have I can't remember the statistics, but we were one state that in our constitution said black people are not welcome here. Like right. it was actually that was in the writing of the state. We do not want black people here. Um, and so the few black people who did trickle in, and I do really mean few, uh, were were um, in Portland, and they were only allowed uh, very small pieces of space to be in. And here in Eugene. Um, like I can tell you the first black family that was here settled here, like I believe in the fifties and they, uh, it was really only them and one other black family all the way up into the seventies. Um, right. And the, the person who was like the first black child born here is still alive, Lily, uh, Miss Lily Reynolds Parker. And she, uh, she's 80, no, she's seven, is she 80? She might be 80 now, or between 76 and 80. So anyway, she she was the first black child born here. 
Um, and so that just to give you like a, a, a recent, like how recent it was that black people were not allowed in Lane County, you know, Oregon, but then the, in my area, Eugene and Lane County, um, I remember I'm 43 years old and I remember having the uh, KKK building within my lifetime here. So um, like it said KKK on the damn building, like, you know, as Jeez. I'm driving by. Yeah. And so just so you can understand how recent the, the, the thick, uh, nationalism, racism was here. It's very, very recent. I mean, the the um, house where the NAACP is at this moment is one is a national um, recognized house for because it was actually uh, a house where black folks were living and they would allow black entertainers and black people who were passing through the area could not be in anywhere else but in this one particular part of the city, which called were called the flats, and it would flood all the time. It was like a whole, part of the, the city that was really, really bad. So that's where the black people stay. Well, there was this one particular house called the Mims House that this they would uh, like they would invite like Ella Fitzgerald here uh, to to sing and uh, would not allow her to stay in the hotels and would not allow her to stay with so they would they would have her either stay out of the city limits, which she was not safe there either, or uh, this house. So they they allowed her the um, black folks stayed in that house. Like I said, it was a it was in the flats where it was a, you know, all the worst mosquitoes and the, and the flooding and the swampy <laughs> and that's where black people can live. And so that, and those people who, who's that person's house, their mother, uh, their son is still here. I mean, he's still alive and well. So that's what I'm trying to say is like the history of Oregon and the racism in Oregon is super, super uh, recent. And uh, the liberalism just got, it, it, it kind of rearticulated racism into this uh, idea of like not seeing color. Like we're, we're all just kind of one, uh, but not all because there was no black people here. I mean, our percentage here, I think is less than 1% or is it maybe two, I don't even know if it's up to 2% yet. But, um, and that's, I'm talking about in Lane County. I think in right. the state of Oregon, we may have gotten to two or 3% um, of the population. So most of my life growing up, um, I actually all of my life, in Eugene, I, I was only the only black person in my school um, besides my sister. Um, and then when we moved to Cottage Grove, we were the only black family in the city. So that's just so that you, that's kind of gets the idea of how white this is. And when I say other, I'm talking about the, the I don't know indigenous people when I was growing up, maybe I didn't recognize who they were, but I definitely didn't grow up knowing indigenous people. And I definitely didn't grow up seeing other people of color. It was like black people and white people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And when, yeah. as I grew up, the Latin influx came in, you know, Asian definitely has been here. Uh, you know, people have been here as I'm getting older, I'm seeing more, but it literally is like for every 200 you know, white people that you'll see, you might see one or two black people. And then a lot of times the black people are interracial black people um, and the Pacific Northwest interracial black, as I talk about on my podcast along a lot, is a quite of a different type of blackness, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So a different type of recognition of blackness. And so when you, you know, that, that comes with its own caveat of things. So yeah, the Pacific Northwest is super white super white yeah, yeah the liberal the whole liberal idea is it's like it's because they're talking to each other you know making mm -hmm. them feel better each other feel better about the lack of actual cultural diversity here so um it's complicated Ooh, it's complicated yeah. yeah there's almost kind of a there's almost kind of an interpretation of like you know it, 
not a, not quite the not quite the concept of like it's not our problem but almost as if like the problem like whatever problem exists has already been solved so we don't like need to think about it anymore just because like you know that's something that people in the south deal with or something like that that's just kind of like that's exactly the white supremacist type of of, of delusion that they mm -hmm. have here yeah yeah but the thing is because they don't have they like the idea of diversity but mm -hmm. because they've never actually experienced it here they are romanticizing it and then they they want they paint a picture of the way that they would like to see it and so uh it still has not been i uh it's not recognized because they're not promoting it like you know what i mean it's like it's like we can talk about with each other and we can like really talk about how we think it should be and it's really mm -hmm. idealistic but we they don't have any uh any intention of changing the laws you know, I mean, change. I mean, there's a friend of mine, the house that I rent, actually, um, she was telling me when she bought this house um, that she was looking at the lease and it still said, will not lease to Negroes. They wow. have, they, they literally have not changed the writing. They just haven't changed it. They're like, oh, we just don't, <laughs> we don't do it anymore. We Jeez. just, but they won't take it out. You know, of course. <laughs> so it's like, mm -hmm. it's kind of like that. You know what I mean? It's like, because they've gone against their, their grandpa's they're like not they're not their grandpa's people so they're better you know what i mean but they right. still aren't changing any of the policy they're not changing the access they're not they're not changing they're not making space for black mm -hmm. people to come in and when black people do come in if if they do not assimilate immediately to the expectations of this very liberal um progressive and kind of blind leading the blind way of of communicating and and showing up and and dressing then black people are immediately pushed out and we're pushed mm -hmm. out in lots of re-articulated ways of racism where it doesn't shout out we don't like black people here but when you're here and nothing reflects you and nothing will change and you have nothing no choices but to assimilate to the to the culture here you will leave because it's not mm -hmm. a, it's not a black friendly culture you know no. what i mean yeah i definitely yeah i definitely kind of get that i mean it, I, I get a I've, I've gotten a different version of that growing up um, just because I mean like basically the the racial skew that you're talking about in Oregon I mean it's it's considered it's even worse if you can imagine that in Idaho I think I'm looking at our demographics right now you're right um, Oregon had just recently passed as a state had just recently passed two percent as far as um, black or African-American alone percentage um, per the census um, but Idaho is actually under one percent and no demographic so like out so like obviously hispanic and latino um is at 12.8 but white alone at 81.6 percent so there's like a there's a whole lot of homogeneity going on where where i came from and we're just now starting to like kind of deal with the repercussions of that um and that's just kind of the the state like you know the the uh, uh, a symptom of the, of the state that you know it kind of came from but getting a little a little deeper into like um into you and kind of the 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 things that you've sort of gone through i mean going beyond just being being just being um a minority in eugene in a place that's already that's already kind of um intrinsically predisposed like predisposed to like disadvantage disadvantage its black population um then going even further into podcasting which is you know probably one of the least diverse um fields there is out there did you ever kind of find like there was difficulty breaking into breaking into something that was you know, in at least in my mind and like in the experiences that I've had, that is something that is just like probably right below Hollywood producer, like anything that's nominated by like white cis hetero male is like probably what the next one up. Well, you know, I it's interesting because I'm, I'm actually it's funny that you ask that question because I'm actually like right in the middle of a moment of like 
reflecting on my <laughs> my pretty quick popularity starting off like all of a sudden I was getting like a thousand views, two thousand views like in March, April, I think. No, I guess maybe February was my first like one thousand views on face like Facebook Live. And then I was like, oh crap, I just I just made for the first time two videos that were four thousand views, which I was like, okay, you know, because I'm not doing anything special except for like <laughs> I, I put it on Facebook. You know what I mean? But I want right, to go to yeah. YouTube and I can't figure out, I mean, because I'm terrible at tech. And it really is just like me doing this. I have two other friends who help me um, with my anti-racism uh, um, conversations and like trying to book and pay and charge and, you know, invoice and all that kind of stuff. But for the, for the podcast, it really is just me, right? And I, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I suck at tech. So I don't really know. Yeah, right? Like I don't really know what I'm doing. So I, I know how to do Facebook. So that's why I started on Facebook. And I'm on the radio station, KEPW. Um, which is a community radio station. And I think I'm one of the only, if very few, maybe there's another one or two. Uh, no, I think there's probably one other black voice um, that, but none of it, it's, I'm the only like black, like focused, I think, I think I'm pretty sure. But um, anyway, so I'm kind of, kind of on that, that radio station, meaning that like they uh, were having issues ha having to like, broadcast me from afar you know so i'm not going into the studio right. so it's kind of like like that but um it's it's one of those things that i'm like in a moment because i'm looking at black men activists or like the same kind of voices here there's not a lot there's not there's only a few of us so it's mm -hmm. really quick and easy for white people to decide and pick who they like and then that person goes forward but what right. white people don't and, and unfortunately, we're trying to speak our mind, not necessarily for white people, but when you're a black person surrounded by whiteness and you're trying to advocate for blackness, just the, the idea of surviving and existing, then it's your audience's other black, other white people. And so they, so what's interesting is I'm looking to see like these popularity and these people who have influence, these white people who have influence who they're deciding to uplift. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even though they want to believe that they are, that they are anti-racist, and so they're trying to pick like the black people who are the most um, real or, or whatever, I don't know what they're, you know, how they would work that, but I'm still, yeah. I, they still are sexist. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, they still lean towards men mm -hmm. more than they do towards women. And yeah. so with the podcast, it's the same kind of idea. It's like women, they still, no matter what, even if I start now and I have, there's a man counterpart to what I'm doing, they're going to choose the man. No matter if I'm, have been here longer, no matter if I'm more publicized and no matter if I'm, you know, spread out, no matter if my, my skill set is wider, like none of those things really matter that the unspoken biases, biases that, that come through no matter what, women are going to go second to men. It doesn't matter if it's black or white or Asian or whatever. It's like, it's, it's like men. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I, so I'm like, I'm looking at it like, damn, do I feel like, do I feel shitty about like the fact that I'm having to compete with a black man or is it that I'm having to compete? You know what right. I mean? And mm -hmm. it's like, um, it's not about com competition and the podcast world because we're all trying to get our expression out but what is 
What's interesting about being a black person in the Pacific Northwest and specifically in Eugene, we are all talking about the same thing because it's very right. clear. It's not nuanced. It's very clear. I mean, you know, but I mean, it is nuanced, but we're all talking about the same nuances because <laughs> it's all very <laughs> black and white, like literally and figuratively mm -hmm. black and white, you know? Um, and so when it comes to podcasting, it's like that competition type of idea of like who's being heard, what, where's the rel relevant, then you're picking like the styles, what you're doing for people. And so I don't know, I, I don't know. Podcasting for me, I feel more inclined to be upset around the people who have resources podcasting. Like you and I, we're sitting here on our phones and we're in our houses and we have all this important shit to say and we don't have tech, <laughs> you know, we don't have tech to help us out. We don't have uh, money to back us up. We don't have, you know what I mean? And so yeah. to me, like people who like Jada Pinkett Smith and like Trevor Noah and people who are already super resourced having mm -hmm. podcasts because that's what people are doing. That to me is harder for folks like us. It just automatically kind of, you know, made this podcasting thing very um, hierarchy in a way. Like we're mm -hmm. all of a sudden like grassroots grounded. And I'm like, that's not really what my purpose was. I wasn't trying to be grassroots grounded. I was trying to speak my mind and be heard by the masses, which I think everyone is trying to do. It still doesn't, it, it's still kind of like you said, that Hollywood like who's, who has the thing that will be pushed to the next. It's like, dang, why can't, the, just like any other, you know, media, we have to realize we're like in media, like any other media thing is like the flashiest, the loudest, the, the, the who get who walks by the right person at the right time gets mm -hmm. to have their voice heard, you know? So yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't really know what my, what my catch is for white folks. Like, I don't know what they like about me necessarily. I literally just get on and talk. Like I, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I, I don't plan it ahead of time. I, I do think about sometimes what subject matter I want to talk about and I will do what I call like an outline, which is basically like things I don't want to forget to say, because I'll go to Thailand right. and be like, oh shit, <laughs> I, you know, I wanted to say that thing and I forgot it. You know what I mean? So I'll like write down, like previously I'll write down like, okay, these are things we don't want to forget to say. Um, and that keeps us on track. Other than that, I, there's, there's, there's no pre- uh like write-up of what i'm doing and i barely edit like i literally just make sure I, I take off the commercials the laughing the the not the laughing but like the oh shit like at the beginning before i like introduce myself um mm -hmm. and then i i like cut those the, the front and the end off and i i post it and i don't listen to it again none <laughs> of none of i swear to god that's exactly how it, i literally because like, what i want it to be is like as real me as possible and i don't want to talk myself out of what I'm saying. Um, mm -hmm. And a part of what I'm doing is my own healing work through my podcast because, you know, being right. a black woman, what are you saying? Uh, yeah, yes, I was just agreeing with you, yeah. Oh yeah, no, being a black woman in Eugene, um, learning how to speak my voice like loudly and being able to be like unapologetic is just as uncomfortable as white people realizing that they're racist. It's like me trying to speak when I've been conditioned to be quiet is, is like really hard. It was hard at first. So what now that I'm much, much better at it and much easier with it, I still don't listen to my podcast back again because I want it to be as authentic me 
and authentically how I feel about shit, I say it and I push it out and I leave it. And however it hits you is however it hits you. Um, and so that's, that's kind of my take on the podcast thing is like, I'm just doing me. And I don't, and I think a lot of people maybe put more effort into it. Maybe I should put more effort into it. My, you know, I don't know. My goal, my goal is to be heard by the masses. And when I say masses, I really do want to represent the Pacific Northwest as a black voice, as a leading black voice for women, for black women in the Pacific Northwest. It's a, it's a really rare and very um, quieted, closeted voice, honestly. Right. And so. Yeah, and so that is my goal. I don't know how I'll get there. I'm just gonna keep doing what I do. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, like I, I don't really have a game. Maybe I should. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, as successful as it's been for you so far, I mean, like clearly that there is like there is obviously something very attractive about the idea of that sort of realness being brought to a podcast. Like something that I'd never really even considered prior to when you brought it up was that you know I would be much more inclined to you know, identify with a podcast that tries to label itself as authentic, democratized of the people, et cetera, et cetera. If it did sound like it was being recorded on like, you know, phone microphones instead of like in a, in a studio that was rented out for $50 an hour, you know, or something like that. Like that just kind of that, that sort of like that sort of thing. I don't know if that needs like its own separate platform or like needs to be presented in a different way. But I think that if, yeah, you democratized it in that sort of way, then like maybe that's, maybe that's some kind of way forward that like, you know, is, you know, a step down from, you know, listening to NPR, New York Times, Ringer, all that other sort of stuff. That's just like, they've got the, they've got the resources, they've got, you know, the national syndication and everything else, but it's not like, it's not really media for us, you know, it's media f by a different power, I guess. I, it is, it, it's what, what to me is like, like, they just are really good at fitting into what's popular. Um, mm -hmm. It's not like they're creating content that's different. They're creating content differently. Like it's not, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like they are able to just go, oh, we're not doing news anymore. No one watches TV. They, oh, it's all podcasts. Okay, well then let's, how, what's the podcast format, formula? Oh, boom, 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 boom. NPR, podcast. Listen to all these different voices and podcast style. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, um, that's great. And, and it's great. You know, I like listening to them and I think they're deep and I think they're good. And I think that podcasts, super get into a place where you're like wow i'm like i'm thinking about some shit now you know what i mean like it's definitely different <laughs> but i you know like i don't i don't know it's like i feel like because it's just a lot of voices being heard a lot of voices want to be heard some people you know shouldn't get as much as they do and some people should get more than they are you know and it's kind of like that with everything right but um we are all out here just doing our thing i think the reason why i tried to start a podcast in the first place was because it was easy. And people are like, you know, they were like, I don't know what it is, but I just like to listen to what you have to say. And like, you have so much to say. You've gone through so much. Like I've gone, the last five years have been a complete clusterfuck of a life. <laughs> it's like, you would not even believe all the things that I have been through. And when I finally like got through them, uh, it was my, my, my body and myself. I was like, I got to speak this out like I'm done with that old this whole like you know old me and like I gotta this new me after all this trauma is like it's gotta say something you know and so my my niece was like just start a podcast and like just record and listen to yourself and I hate the sound of my voice oh my god <laughs> I hate it so I so I was like oh this is hard and literally my like my, one of my first podcasts I did I think on anchor and I was like um I was like 
yeah, I think I'm going to do a podcast. I don't really know. What do you guys think? I'm not sure. I don't know if I can do this. And then that, it was like three minutes long. Like that was my first like posted podcast. <laughs> and then from there, it just got more intricate. And then I just got like, you know what? I don't even know who's listening to me. So fuck it. I'm just going to do what I do. And I'm just going to talk what I talk. And I'm just going to say what I say. And um, I realized that like, I say a lot, lot of things pretty well. <laughs> but I don't even think about it like it just kind of comes out so it's good and so I I think I I found my niche you know like I found my my little spot that I'm comfortable with and I think it might it might be good you know what I mean yeah yeah exactly I mean that's that you bring up an important point too which is that like it like podcasting is a medium even if it's something that like you know you're just even if it's something that you don't even put out there on an RSS feed or like any or anchor stitch or anything like that there's still something in your case that like is very therapeutic about like being able to just like have a conversation and like the podcast just kind of like like podcast recording an outline anything like that just kind of like gives kind of a mask to what i guess would be a sort of therapy situation in some ways you know it, it gives yeah it gives it like a secondary like gives it like a primary purpose which is like secretly the secondary purpose like we're all just kind of trying to like work through our own sort of traumas and like difficulties and like having an excuse to put that out into the ether i guess is like a, a pretty good way to like finally take that step it is therapeutic. It's, it's, I think I, you have to get to a place in yourself and like your spirit to be like, seriously, fuck it. Like, honestly, because it's, it's courageous. Uh, especially I feel like in my situation being as, I think as old as I am, meaning I'm not old, but you know what I'm saying? Like I'm older, meaning that lots of people, I, I touched a lot of people's lives just through being who I am. Like, through my, through the medical field, through the social work, through the state, you know, through coaching, through dancing, through like, you know, so I, so to let, allow my story and allow my voice just hit the ether and not, not try to find out who's listening, like Mm -hmm. literally just go, this is going into the energy of the world. There it is. And now I'm walking away from it. Right. That is a a letting go uh, in a lot of ways that, uh, is quite, besides being literally letting it go, it's quite spiritually letting it go. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's like I have to unpeel it and let it go. But now what's interesting is that the more people are listening to me, the more I am being aware of what I'm saying. And I'm really trying not to do that. Like I'm like, <laughs> because I don't want, <clears throat> I don't want to come off as petty because uh, I can be. Right. I don't want to mm-hmm. be, uh, I am judgmental in certain ways. Right. And so I also don't want to hurt people. Uh, but right. I also want to be able to speak my mind in a, in a way where it's not censored. Um, I don't know everything obviously. So the mistakes I make, I try to own immediately because mm-hmm. I don't want people to take my words and drag them. You know what I mean? But right. At the same time, I'm realizing, like, this is what it is when you put your words into the wind. Like, anyone can do anything with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me to not be attached to how people take my experience and utilize it through their own lenses is, is something that I'm, I'm trying to be better about as I, you know, as I get uh, more popular it's like, okay, don't start looking at how, how people are taking what you say. Because what I say is, is authentic 
Therefore, I have to believe in myself that what I'm saying isn't hurtful. I have no intention of bringing people down. What I have to say is what I feel. And so that is kind of what I've been standing behind. It's like, okay, if this came off in a way that hurt you, um, I need you to examine why. Mm -hmm. That's not on me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have to just do that. Because there's nothing about me, not, not a piece of my spirit, not a piece of my body is out here trying to like be malice towards anyone. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, mm -hmm. literally, I'm literally speaking my experience. And I think I, when things get really thick on my podcast, like we're starting to talk about something that's a little heavy, we say that over and over again. We're like, again, this is our opinions. We are not experts. This is our lived experience. <laughs> like we say it over again, this is our lived experience. I cannot represent every black woman. Like this is my life doing my thing. And, um, and I try to do that a lot to make sure that the authenticity stays square. You know what I mean? Right. Like I want mm -hmm. to be like, I'm not trying to be everybody's, you know, auntie. I'm trying to be Aisha, you know, in, in Eugene. Like that's it. I mean, the black girl name is exactly, it's got a lot of meaning behind it. It's, it's mm -hmm. very much like the, the black girl, I'm into astrology. Like I'm really into astrology. <laughs> <laughs> Like my brother and I, my brother is like studies that he's getting his PhD in sociology, tying it to astrology. Like he's like deep into it and he's kind of pulled me along and we're, um, so it's not like the zodiacs. It's like actual deep planetary mathematics and stuff like that. Right. So yeah. And so we, um, we talk about this all the time where it's kind of like, you know, the astrology of, of this and like just the idea how the energy goes into the world the way that it does. And my energy right now, um, there's a, there's a thing called Chiron, which is like this, this, it's like the pain, the, the he wounded healer. And it, it always ties back to your childhood. And so this idea of my podcast is very, uh, you know, Chiron-esque because it's like black girl from Eugene. It's like, I'm talking about pain and experiences from when I was a little girl. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm a grown woman just now being able to talk about experiencing Eugene as a, as a growing up as a black girl, you know? And so it's like, right. as a woman, I'm able to speak about it. As a black girl, I was taking it all in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so that's kind of what, that's a, where the name came from. It's like black girl. There, people came to me like, why are you saying girl? Like you're a woman. I'm like, because that's, <laughs> that's where I'm coming from. I'm coming from the little girl who can't talk. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so it's like, and now she can. And so this is in, in kind of like in honor of her, you know, type yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I hope I answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm sure the answer was in there somewhere. I was. I was kind of like halfway, halfway through it too. I was kind of like. I, I was like moving on to the next one mentally. I was, and then three quarters of the way through, I was like, man, I wonder what that question was. Like what you're saying is really interesting, but I'm not entirely sure that like. I'm that, telling like, you, you gotta rein me in, man. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But um, no, that actually that that actually is a pretty decent segue because I was um like what you were saying about um being able to kind of raise being able to kind of find this new medium to raise out your own voice and lots of other podcasters are finding that too um you can 100 percent disagree with me on this and um honestly it might even be more fun if you do but there's uh like at least for me having gone through this having gone through um producing this podcast and a couple of other ones previously um i've found that like you know kind of forcing yourself to take that extra leap of putting your 
putting your experiences and your and your opinions out into the rest of the world like through something like a podcast or or whatever other form of social media um you know you're not necessarily asking for you're not necessarily asking for validation of them right like i don't really care what you like i don't like like you were saying you shouldn't really care like what somebody else thinks of what your childhood experience was like that's just something that is very personal to you you experience that you're the only one that can determine like whether or not you were hurt or something like that um but but i found that like it's almost an it's almost kind of like an act of an, an act of rebellion an act of bravery in some ways to actually go and be willing to put your to get to be willing to put like those kinds of experiences and the opinions and and dogma and thoughts that arise from them out on display in the form of a podcast just be or whatever other broadcast you might be doing because you're you're putting yourself up for criticism right you're putting yourself up for examination and like i've found that through doing that there's been plenty of times where i have been wrong in the opinions and anything else that i've put out there and you know being publicly corrected on them sucks for sure but it's so much but i guess like it was number one way more powerful for me in that i was in that i was kind of like you know forced to take a step back and kind of reconsider my position whether that even be live on the air like in the process of a conversation or um at any point afterwards do you kind of like have you ever gone through an experience kind of like that and so far yeah well um i haven't it's really funny because i haven't been corrected um and I, <laughs> I haven't I kind of think people are scared to talk to me because I'm a black woman and they're like, I'm not going to tell her that she's wrong. Like, you know, mm -hmm. but there has been, um, and I think that sucks because I wish people would say something about what I'm saying. Um, yeah. That's indicative of its own problem. Right. Yeah. And I, I also have a thing about me. I think that I've, I've been told, I think I just kick it with like weak ass people. Honestly, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because no one tells me shit. Like when I come out here, I, they're like, you're so intimidating. There's no way I'm intimidating. I'm like five foot three. You know what I mean? And I, right. I am like this little woman who, you know, it's like, whatever. I guess I, I, you know, I stand tall. I don't slouch. I have my head up high. You know, when I say things, I sound very sure about what I'm saying. That mm -hmm. does not mean I am very sure about what I'm saying. I just am. That's how I, that's how I deliver. I've been taught very very you know directedly like very very uh distinctively to be um to when you walk in the room you walk in the room distinctively like you know that's how i i show up i'm not gonna be like um excuse me maybe i think maybe sure i'm not that's just not me like i'm gonna be like this is what i think it is and yeah. the way that i say this is what i think it is they're like okay well sure she said it with like confidence so i guess it's what it is i'm like i didn't say it had to be that. I'm just saying that's what I thought. And they're like, "What well, you said it in such a way. We thought it was too. And I'm like, okay, I, I, that is not my problem. I was literally just talking. So sometimes the way that I say things, I think people feel that I have more authority in what I'm saying than I even think I do. Um, the confidence comes across. I'm actually, I don't think I'm a very, I mean, I am confident, but I, I have a lot of insecurities and I think that I just step into them, you know? But I did have, I did have one particular podcast that I got to bite back and um, it's the only one actually that I've ever gotten feedback and I, and I clapped back pretty quick. It's because <laughs> I, right. Like it was, it was one of those things where um, I actually named somebody. <laughs> I was really pissed. I was actually, it was one of those moments that before I thought about my popularity on the show, like I was like, I don't give a shit, like, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, something had happened at a, a Martin Luther King 
award ceremony. Um, and I was pissed about it. And I felt like this other person who was black also um, had, and she's kind of more, she's mixed and she's, uh, or they are like more, uh, their proximity to whiteness, their white people's comfortability with them is very high. And mm. so she's gotten to have uh, positions and she, you know, she does work. Um, she ha had positions I'm saying she, but I don't really know if that's her pronoun or not, or their pronoun. But anyway, okay. so um, yeah, I'm like, I don't really know. But anyway, um, they are like, they're just more in the, when someone talks about social justice, their, their name comes up, right? Okay. But I don't, I don't actually think that they are that effective, but that's because I'm very critical, right? So, sure. so um, anyway, I'm not impressed. And so when she did her, their thing, I was like, they kind of took over the award show and I was not able to, I wanted to, I told them I didn't want to be a part of what they were planning and that I wanted to do my own thing and want to talk about my podcast by itself. Right. Okay. Um, and, and so they didn't allow that to happen and they kind of just swept me into what they were doing anyway. And I felt very, very attacked by that. Like I felt um, really like they just, like quieted my voice and I was really angry because that's part of the, the process in my podcast was that no one will ever quiet me again you know what I mean mm -hmm. and this other woman and these other women who got caught up in their moment their, their two minutes of fame were like we can do this thing and we can plan it and it'll be great and all of you guys will be awesome and you guys can do it and I was like I don't want to be a part of it right and they're <laughs> like no 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 it'll be great it'll be great and I'm like no I don't want to do it like, I, I'm just going to do my own thing. It's fine. Congratulations. Thank you. Good job. Whatever. I just want to do it. So they were like, right. no, no, no. So when it came to the show or when it came to the award ceremony, they did it. And the two of, there's two of us who didn't want to do it. We just had to do it. And both of us were looking at each other like, what the F is going on? Like, we want to, we want to speak. And they were like, no, here, hold the sign, hold this, do that. And I was just like, Wow, I was so angry. Oh, I can't even book. My friends were like, Aisha, you could have smiled on stage. Like, you were shaking yeah. and you were like looking around and your job was like, all no, tight. I, couldn't I was so pissed. I can't even tell you how pissed I was. So, when I got home, I got right onto my podcast and I was like, this bitch, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I just went and I said her name and I said what she did and I said why it was so horrible and insulting and and so then so other women were like, so other black women who were a part of the problem came to me and was like, you know, some people are going to see that and really think that you got like black women are not holding each other up and that you guys are like, like another black woman tearing another black woman down and blah, 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 blah. And then I had to go at her and I was just like, okay, look, my experience cannot be taken away from me. You know, mm -hmm. whoever transgressed against me whether they're black white black whatever cannot i they cannot quiet me yet again because so because they're uncomfortable because that was not their intention that's not an apology you know that's that's mm -hmm. actually asking me to tell them that they were okay for hurting me oh uh, because they're also a black woman that's not how this is gonna go and so right. i we went back and forth for quite a bit and then i also told her i said you're again telling me about how she feels and you that I haven't heard from mm -hmm. her, 
So they were asking me to take it down. And they were like, please take that podcast down. And I was like, <laughs> I will not. And, and, you know, and they were just like, take it down. I, and so finally I told them, I said, look, the fact that all of you guys are talking to me and she still hasn't come to me, that tells me right now that I'm not worried about it. Oh, she's not worried about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. and I was like, she's not worried about it. I'm not worried. She can't come to me and talk to me directly because she knows she's that wrong. I'm not doing a damn thing. And I swear to God, that shit is still up there. I will not take it down. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, it was like that, she did something. Now, if she would have resolved it and been like, I really actually did do something to you that was inappropriate that, you know, and I, and I compared her to like white colonizers. <laughs> I mean, I went hard. <laughs> and so, so she was real pissed, you know, especially like who she is in the community. I was like, she's you know, comparatively white men come in here and they do this to black women all the time. It's like, you want to rape us and then go and then we're supposed to be your friend and feed your wife. And blah. I was like, oh, I got real pissed. I was real pissed. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, I can definitely see why she wanted me to take it down because I went hard, but I, I still stand by it. It was really wrong what she did. And I, uh, I, from then on out, I've decided I won't use people's names, you know, like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did just have an incident with a woman did, which podcast do you know which podcast you listen to um i just listened to the the last couple especially the one about um i listened to the majority of black being raised by white and um white woman raising black children half about half of that one too yeah 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 so that's funny um so i just yeah a situation just happened where uh, a store owner was calling the cops on a mentally ill black person um, and my daughter witnessed the whole thing and asked her to call cahoots and cahoots. We have something in Eugene. That's like, uh, a crisis center, a crisis intervention team that will come out to people who are like ODing, people who are having mental mm. health crisis, people who oh, are fighting. Okay. Yeah. And they come out instead of the police. Right. Oh, uh, okay. Sweet. I didn't, I honestly didn't know those existed. Like, I, like I've seen calls for him, especially out of like everything that's come out of the everything that, you know, everything, you know, that's come out of the BLM movement. But I didn't know that that was actually something that existed beforehand. Well, that's because they're using Kahoot. They're using our model. Well, we I mean, Kahoot has been here since I think the 80s. Like we've been wow. they've been here. For, yeah, we've been doing it. I mean, Eugene is an alter, alternative culture place. Like so they, these kind of things are not unnormal here. Like we're used to having to that's what they do here is that and that's why they feel like they're diverse is because they have an alternative culture idea which means that they do things differently than the average joe meaning mm. that like we can come up with a crisis center that's volunteers mts nurses and we can go and instead of hurting someone who's got a mental health crisis we'll talk them down and get them to the hospital like you know what i mean that's kind of how that's what cahoots does and it's supposed to be, it was, it was initially a, a, you know, a city, a people to people type thing. Like that's how it started. It's like, we need something else other than the cops. We need something else, you know? <laughs> um, and so now it's a national model for an alternative response. Um, so anyway, this person wouldn't, was having an incident with a mentally ill black guy who was unhoused and my daughter witnessed it. Um, and she asked her to call cahoots instead. And the woman said, no, I'm calling the cops. And then my daughter came and got me and was like, mom, she's not going to call cahoots. And I was like, okay. The guy was already gone. I mean, he was there for like all of a minute and a half. Um, and so I was like, I went and I tried to talk to her and she was like not having it. So I do what I do and I jumped on my podcast and I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, as long as you don't, as long as we have alternatives to police 
you know, involvement in these kinds of situations and people won't fucking use them, what is the point? You know, I, so I went on and I did this thing and it was five minutes, right. 4,000 views like overnight, right? And uh, that got me a lot of flack because actually it didn't get me flack. It, it was, I got a lot of support, but then the person who I was talking about saw it or heard about it and she wrote a response which was unfortunate because <laughs> right because her response was a lie and i was of course cannot like let that go and so i was like she lied about it and to make it seem legit and so i so my daughter who was in the middle of all this was like you're lying blah 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 it was like 250 freaking comments on her thing so what I did to be transparent is I, I actually posted her her comment back to the video and I posted it under the video. And I said, just to be clear, so you can see both sides of this. Um, and then she actually like reached out to me and was like, can we just talk about this? And can we like mm -hmm. come to some resolution? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was, and I was at first I said, yeah, okay, let's talk about it. And then I withdrew and I was like, actually, no, you know? <laughs> and she was just like, yeah. I, you know, she couldn't really like, say anything because i like what i told her i was like it's not really up for conversation like i'm looking at yeah. what you said and i don't know what you want me to do you're not apologizing you're wanting to come to some like public consensus of peace which is which is performative right exactly yeah. i said it's not true um i'm here to lend an authentic voice i actually gave you authentic assistance uh, that day, you did not use it. Um, I think you need to sit with it. And then I just said, you know what? If you need help figuring out why this was racist, I, I charge this much money and you can like hire me. And I will, <laughs> I will sit down with you if you want that. And that's what I said to her. And I said, good luck to you. You know, this is in DM. I said, good luck to you and your store and, you know, mm -hmm. your racism and stuff. Like, you know, good luck. And so, <laughs> I, I mean, I just, around that at some point. Right? Like, I don't know what to tell you. And so, mm -hmm. anyway, that... That was something that I did put out there and was like, it's super what it, it like blew up. And that was literally this week. That was on the 16th. Um, wow. What was crazy about that is uh, my daughter that day, July 16th, is the same day that me and my son were actually assaulted by police officers five years ago. Wow. And yeah, and I couldn't. I didn't even notice the date um, and we, we needed cahoots to be called. Like we needed cahoots versus the cops. And that was the whole problem is that the cops showed up. Right. right. So it was crazy that the same day that my daughter intervened and was like, please don't call the cops. I call cahoots was the anniversary of the day that we were assaulted by police officers, literally five years later for someone calling for, for actually not for cahoots, not showing up and the police showing up instead. It was a very different outcome. So mm -hmm. it was, it was really kind of like, whoa, you know what I mean? It was one of those moments where it's like, it was like, the, like I said, I, I'm into astrology. It was like one of those moments of like <laughs> intervention of the universe saying like, where are you in your healing? Like, where are you? And it was to a point where I could be in a situation and say, Hey, could you make a better choice? And then walk away from it. And I didn't even, wasn't looking at the date, the time, none of that. So it was one of those things where I've moved, I've really moved past the trauma of that, but it was beautiful. But yeah, it was one of those things that the podcast was like, it definitely 
the public definitely snapped back. You know what I mean? Like I was mm-hmm. like, people definitely, yeah. So anyway, I guess I've had a couple of those. I didn't realize. <laughs> well, hey, there you go again. Point of the podcast, kind of like coming around to some kind of conclusions you might not have otherwise, right? Right. That's right. Yeah. So real quick, kind of to, to finish things out, we're just so as you know, we're traveling across the U.S. We found a couple of different found a, a couple of different ways to try and like find new voices, new kind of lights for people. Because obviously we spend a lot of time just like, you know, talking about how especially in the north, especially in the west and particularly the northwest, like things may not be as quite of shiny, you know everyone everyone equality rights a whole thing kind of veneer as it may seem but on the other side of things like um out of the northwest like are there any kind of new new voices rising to the top um that you that you know you've started to notice or um, i mean obviously besides yourself naturally like that's that's that kind of goes without saying um sort of new voices for whether that be black lives matter or for like proper policy or anything else like in the northwest that um you know people uh, people elsewhere might need to be following around um, I, yes, I, like I said, there's not a, I don't follow a lot of folks out of Portland. Um, <clears throat> but I don't hear a lot of people out of Portland, but that doesn't mean I don't know how many people in Portland hear me. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. I don't really know. So, um, I, I obviously besides myself, um, there is a person out of Ashland. Uh, and again, this is, it's, it's a man, you know, his name is Kakai, <laughs> right? right? Um, so Kakai is uh, a black guy from from Alaska who just recently moved here, and he is recently meaning like in the I think three years or something like that, and yeah. he's a community builder, um, and he talks about how white people he really talks about how white people are wounded and and in their wounding are wounding people of color, and mm. so he tries to bring. Uh, like awareness of racism uh and self like kind of a a reflection of kind of self-hate from white Mm -hmm. people you know and but he he does it in a very in a way that he's like teaching white folks how not to be uh racist or or recognizing racism in in their actions so it's very much the same that i'm doing just in a different way right um and he he actually has written two books two pamphlets but they're books because they're like little small like he literally just writes this. Sh- I mean, I don't even know how he writes it so quickly. Like he just busts it out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's gotten criticism around his, his his like writing style because it's not it's not very um, like it's it, it, there's errors and there's not you know there's there's I don't think he goes through like an editor. He he writes he kind of writes the same way that you podcast. Yes, exactly. And so okay. I think that his pot his books are kind of like his podcast he doesn't podcast though so he he his books are kind of like episodes of podcasts where but they're but they're big i mean they're like when i say big they're like 25 page i'm trying to look for the one i have i have one of his books but they're really good he just came out with a second one recently and he does talks and he does consultations uh with like education uh leaders and stuff like that so he's brand new coming to the scene um he's popular white folks love him black folks support him um so i think he's probably another voice i would share uh because i he and i i see him and he sees me and we we kind of support each other on on social media you know mm-hmm. um yeah so that's i think that's probably one uh somebody that i would that i would uh i would say 
that he is a, a, a voice that's coming from the ashes kind of thing. Uh, that's the only other person that I can think of right now. Honestly, I'm trying to think of, I mean, there's obviously groups like Black Unity. They're having some, uh, they, they kind of um, organize the, the, the protests that are going around town. Mm -hmm. We still have protests like every day, every week, you know? Yep. I think they protest every weekend. Yeah, they like do different types of protests every, I'm, I think it's every weekend now. But they um, they kind of splinter throughout, and they they they're very they're popular. Uh, BLAC that's another group um, that is young folks who are raising awareness. Talk to legislators. Talk to uh, group people trying to like make different uh, types of alliances around policy building. Uh, those folks are young. That's uh, Maddie and Maddie and Spencer Smith, their brother and sister team. Black Unity is like a, a group of folks. They're not related. They're just like a group of uh, young folks. And I say young folks meaning like under 25 or like 28 and younger. Um, okay. Between 28 and 21, I'd say I think they all are kind of. And then uh, I'm trying to think of other groups in Eugene. Those are the three people, Kakai, BLAC, and Black Unity, that are leading kind of the Black voices and concerns and ways to approach white supremacy and ways to approach racism, um, I think out of, that are rising. These are people who are rising. Myself and Kakai are rising people. There are people who have been established here who are a little older, who kind of just do like diversity trainings and talks and they've been kind of established in the community. But the rising voices I'd say are probably myself and Kakai and then the, the young uh, protesting folks who are coming and trying to keep awareness like at the keep this uh, Black Lives Movement at the forefront and not kind of quiet down until we see some real shifts in policy and changes around here. So, yeah. 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 And I would definitely say that there's no, there's there's probably, I, at least in, in my relatively short life, I'm only 22, but like in, in my lifetime, I can't really imagine any other time that like it would be so incredibly necessary to have those, or, or like it's been so much more powerful to have new voices kind of come out of the woodwork as opposed to like listening to I mean like as much as I appreciate Al Sharpton and Van Jones and like you know other like people that have kind of and just using those as kind of an example of people that have kind of like carried the conversation for a really long time I guess or like kept it in the public eye like it's just it's just so much more important now to kind of like have some kind of shit some kind of shift whether that comes from you know younger people or just or just other people or um, just other people in general coming from new media um, I think it's important. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think, you know, you said you're 22. I think mm -hmm. there's a role for all of us. And I think that role being right up there in front and what you're doing, traveling the country and like getting like on the, on the ground, I think that's amazing. And we have to absolutely have to have it. Like myself and Kakai, we're, we're older. We're like, we're in our 40s. And so we're approaching it historically in a way that's like academic and not to say that what you're doing isn't academic it's very yeah. it's very upfront you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i think our um the way that he's writing books and going out and doing the community talks and then the way that i'm out creating space for black people and then doing the talk the same kind of um consultations with with uh anti-racism conversations like we have to hit this angles in all angles right like we have mm -hmm. to come at it and then not stop coming at it like it's just so yeah i agree i think the voice our voices that are coming out new um we're coming out in a way that is um is is well i think well versed and mm -hmm. even with like i'm and i'm saying 
the young folks too, you guys were all coming out in such a way where it's like, this is not questionable for any of us. Like, you know what I mean? And because it's not questionable for any of us, we need to stick to it and support each other. Young need to support us. We need to support y'all. And we just need to keep on moving in all of our respective roles, you know? Um, So yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, last last thing, real quick, before I let you go, and we might we can definitely cut this if the answer is clip art. But I have to know, like, um, where did the uh, like like for for the um, what's the word thumbnail for your podcast? Like, who's the artist for that? Because I absolutely love the design. Oh, the um, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so this is interesting. That <laughs> um, that I have to change that. Like, yeah, because we can't no, because we can't find him. Like, oh. I, I no, yeah, we can't keep using this thing while we can't find him. And we were like right. searching them out. And so if anyone's out here who's listening, who knows, we actually think we found, we came down to like, like uh, I think 15 people who it could possibly be. And we're still, could we want to pay them for it? So when I first started, mm-hmm. I just thumbnailed, right? Like, like, I just Googled like black. I Googled like queen and I Googled, you know, like unbothered or something like that. Right. (laughs) Right. And then this picture showed up, but that person, whoever they are, has like a huge array of, of this style. Right. Mm -hmm. And the style is on t-shirts and, and, and like, you know, totes and, and stuff. And so we're like, well, we got to know who this person is coming. Obviously it's very obvious. It's, very popular right mm-hmm, yeah. i don't know who it is so right now <laughs> i don't and right now we're trying to design a different one which i'm super sad about because i fucking love that picture so it's much beautiful it's, it's, it's it, it perfectly fits the need it perfectly fits it so oh my god it's so good and so i i we're trying to design another one off a picture of me which is good it just isn't this and so i'm trying to like make it as funky as this one is but um We'll see. Right now, it's it's what I have. Um, I'm not blown up to the point where I think I'm gonna get you know knocked for it. But at the same time, I know I need to move it. You know what I mean? Like I know I yeah, can't right. do some shit. So I um so anyway. So hey, artists, if you're out there, hit me up. I'm looking for you, man. <laughs> um and until then, I am um I am straight up trying to to design another one. Hopefully, it hits as hard as this one does. Because this. Um, me too, man. Me too, because it's it's incredible. Well, Aisha, thank you so much for uh, hopping on the pod with us today. Um, for the rest of the audience, obviously, if you haven't already, if you haven't been sold on it already, you got to go listen to Black Girl from Eugene podcast, which is available on all platforms. Is that right? Yeah, it is. That's right. Yeah, I mean, um, just you know, if you're ever looking, I mean, I certainly go through podcasts trying to find new perspectives, and this is one of the one of the better examples of that. I think you could probably find anywhere on the market. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you enjoy it. And I really appreciate that endorsement. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much.
thanks again so much for everyone here at the new roads of jordan o'donnell podcast uh we super appreciate everyone that subscribes uh leaves reviews and comments and everything else um that's what really helps us kind of get the word out and continue to refine the message as we keep traipsing along across america and checking in with how everyone's doing as far as the pandemic and everything and everything else is concerned in the world right now you can, as always, check us out, check out our progress across the U.S. on our social medias, at Zoom Garden Bus Tour and at Jordan O'Donnell Author across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And until next time, we will see you guys out on the road.